Good afternoon and welcome to the ninth Clever Hack Podcast. Today is Sunday, August 13th, 2006. Today is a beautiful, beautiful day here in Westchester, Pennsylvania. It's, going to be, it's in the low uh, 80s with very low humidity. Beautiful, beautiful day outside. It's about 2.55 in the afternoon and um, yes, this is the Clever Hack Podcast. Um, this week at Clever Hack, it's been kind of quiet, which is always good. Um, nothing really big going on, uh, I guess, to, to, to tell you guys about. I had the uh, uh, maintenance guy for the apartment complex come into my apartment and fix a couple little things, and uh, a couple little things turned into a couple more little things, because I totally um, don't think about um, the little things like, oh, water pressure, you know, the hot water pressure in my uh, in my kitchen. You know, there's just some, uh, it, I, can, I can say safely that there's some idiosyncrasies with my apartment so I've just gotten used to them and it wasn't until after the guy came and like fixed the water pressure in my the hot water pressure in my uh, sink in my kitchen sink I was like oh you know it's been a while that I that I haven't had this so um so yeah so that was the excitement um actually the main reason why he got called is because my um, faucet in my master bathroom was uh, leaking quite um quite fast and uh, I couldn't turn off the uh, faucet from underneath the sink. I, at least I knew where to turn it off, but I couldn't t- turn it off, and uh, I had to call him. So, so yes, that was the excitement. This is excitement at uh, Clever Act here. So, um, with that, let's talk a little bit about the news um, that that's happened over the past week. I'll let everybody else talk about the politics and all that stuff. But um, what I wanted to talk about was the AOL um, uh, search data leak, I should say. Uh, I still can't believe that they allowed that to happen. I still cannot believe it. It just kind of boggles my mind. Um, I, I, just to tell you about on my blog, I'm still getting searches from that, for that uh, uh, from searchers. Um, they're looking for the New York Times article about the woman that about the woman in Georgia who they were able to track down. Um, also, that CNET article that I linked to with search queries that was kind of uh, interesting in that um, CNET was pretty much able to identify you know, people, where they lived, their geography, what they were looking for, um, yeah, so, um, so there's that. The one thing I was thinking about after, um, you know, all the, all this fallout, um, appeared was, um, you know, I'm kind of wondering about, uh, how, uh, like, class, gender, and, and race plays into this whole AOL search thing, because it seemed like, I hate to say it, but, um, it, it seemed like that, People who use AOL are not as used to the internet. So you're talking about, you know, you're older, you know, generally older people, and you're talking about maybe people who haven't had, who aren't as comfortable with technology. So I wonder, you know, if we're going to be see a dis- disproportionate um, amount of, you know, of victims in in those types of classes. And I wonder if, you know, I wonder if that really matters, or you know, if that's something to think about. So. So there you go, there's my idle thought when I was going to work the other day. Well, today's topic for my podcast is actually going to be, um, I'm actually going to talk about one thing, I'm going to talk about spam. Um, the reason I'm going to talk about spam is because there are two um, recent articles, um, recent things that I found um, that I wanted to go ahead and share with you. So spam is today's topic. First and foremost, um, I just want to tell you a little bit about my experience with spam. Uh, on my person on Cleverhack, I use a combination of Spam Assassin and also Mail. On my personal laptop, I use uh, Mail.app, and I use email filtering. So basically, what happens is that Mail.app um, 
will will actually follow the um, headers that spam assessing um, gives um, to an email message, and if it, you know, there's a high enough scoring, it just automatically going to go into the junk folder. So um, for every, for a typical day, I get about 20 or 30 spam um, messages a day on you know uh, on Clever Hack itself, and probably about one or two slip by the spam filtering that I've set up, which isn't bad. I mean, it doesn't really bother me. I just, you know, mark it as junk and it goes into my junk mailbox. And um, I don't get many false positives, actually. My false positives, uh, where, where I do see them, are on for a mail that originates from a something, a website on a shared server, because maybe that, you know, another website on that web shared server has had problems. Like, for example, a lot of the, <laughs> a lot of the Web 2.0, you know, sites that have registered for it, they've actually gotten marked um, like the registration emails and stuff have actually gotten marked as spam um, by Spam Assassin. Also, I've gotten um, some e-commerce uh, kind of email confirmation, uh, order confirmations marked as spam by Spam Assassin, too. So, uh, yeah, those are the two. Those are the two types of false positives that I see. So, so there you go. Um, although recently, I think the best. Well, the highest um, scoring uh, spam I actually got, um, I want to say it was last week, literally it was last week, and that's what got me thinking about spam. It was a, a, a spam um, with a from some sort of um, Chinese company. It was um, one of those spams with both, it was uh, HTML with an image, and it was um, trying to sell some sort of computer system. That's about what I could tell. And it was on sale, and... Um, and yeah, and it was in Chinese, and then there was text underneath, and uh, I, I just looked at it because it just looked kind of, just looked kind of interesting. It kind of got my interest up, and uh, I went to go ahead and I looked at the spam assassin spam assassin headers for it, and uh, it scored at 37, which I never, I hadn't seen anything ever score that high before. So, uh, so yeah, um, it had all the hallmarks. It would, you know, it was sent from. Uh, a blacklisted IP had um, HTML and text. It was just it scored really, really, really high. So I got a good um, chuckle out of that. Now, while we're talking about spam, uh, I just wanted to point out an article in the Wall Street Journal um, earlier, well, actually last week, that was linked to by Slashdot, and it was an article about empty spam. And what empty spam is? It's actually spam with just text that's lifted from some sort of classic book. Also, they see it from um, also um, text from modern literature. And uh, the whole thing behind empty spam is that it's not selling anything, it just has this text. So there's two theories that, are, that, that have arisen because of this empty spam. The first theory is that the, that the um, spam is used to confuse spam filters by having users report the spam, the email is spam. And then confusing the mail filters, and which the mail fil filters will then allow spam with, um, w with an offer to you know to, to come on through. So that's one theory about this empty spam. The second theory about this empty spam is that this empty spam is merely um, spam that was sent that was misconfigured. In other words, um, for the spam that you do see with this uh, with this empty spam text, there, there's been spam with the empty spam text, the text from literature, but also with an image, and the image is what actually has the offer. So the, th the theory goes is that if you have the um, if you have the empty spam text with with the offer, then it will get through it will get through the uh, 
the spam filter. Now, the second theory th is thinking that maybe that image never got um, got placed into the spam, but maybe the spam, maybe that particular server was offline or whatnot. So that's the reason why recipients are only seeing the text and not the image. So that's so that's a thought. My thought about the empty spam, and this is my third, <laughs> my my own theory is that the empty spam um, text is being used not not merely to confuse spam filters, but what it, what it would do is if you have a, um, in a, a spam with empty text plus your offer in text, then, then the ratio of, um, let's say, selling words of, or spam keywords would go down and you, um, it, as opposed to um, just regular text. So let's say you have you know, let's, you know, 500 lines of text and you see selling once, that would be considered normal rather than if you just had a regular spam message with your, you know, 20 lines of, of a of a spam message and selling you know appear you know appeared once there that then that that algorithm would, would uh, go ahead and mark that as spam. So there's what that's the uh, idea behind um, empty tech uh, empty empty spam. Since uh, since that article came about, I actually went back into my own spam filter and uh, my own spam filter and to see what kind of spam I've been seeing. And actually, remember those one or two spam emails that actually get through my system or through my filters? They they are actually spam with the image with the offer plus the empty text. So I, I think this actually the second theory that. Um, that the empty text spam that we saw, like in was it in late June and um, early July, really has been, you know, the effect of uh, spam that just has been misconfigured and the image that's been the, the empty text plus the image, and the image just never got appended to it. So that so that's a thought. Now. In addition to client-side filtering, there's also ways of doing um, all the spam filtering uh, server-side. And one way of doing uh, the filtering server-side is by something called graylisting. And graylisting, as described in Eric Evan Harris's graylisting white paper, is the method of taking spam filtering to the MTA level. Instead of filtering for content, we filter on server behavior. Conceptually, graylisting looks at three pieces of information known as a triplet. First, the IP address of the host, secondly, the envelope sender address, and thirdly, the envelope recipient address. We take that data and then we apply it to the following rule. If we have, we've never seen the triplet before, then refuse this delivery and, then, and others that may come in a certain period of time. The idea is that a well-behaved um, mail server should attempt to, to retry, while on the other hand, spam um, software, what it, what it does normally is that it just, it's like a fire hose. It connects to a, a mail server and just throws everything um, it has at it. While great listening actually says, hey, wait, stop. I'm gonna give you a temporary failure. Come back, you know, if you're legitimate, you're, I know you're gonna come back later and try to resend it. So that's the idea of great listing. And um, Harris says that he's seen a 95% effective rate with just great listing alone. Um, there's very little processing occurring um, on the on the client side, and since there is never a permanent failure, the, the method should not cause um, legit um, email to bounce. Now, of course, there's exceptions um, because we know some MTAs don't behave right, but that's that's the basic theory. Um, gray listing is just one method you can use for spam filtering, and should be used in combination with whitelisting, 
IP blacklist um, and anything else you can, and, and anything else you can think of. The most um, high-profile usage of gray listing so far has been Yahoo, and I think it was back I want to say March and April that Yahoo um, really honestly improved their gray listing, but it came out that they were using um, gray listing because there was a study done that they that you couldn't deliver to Yahoo and and all that. So um, Yahoo's been really aggressive with gray listing. They are obviously using it in conjunction with other um, spam filtering methods. Um, so if you're more if you're interested about that, go ahead and search Yahoo and gray listing on Google and you'll or on your favorite search engine, I should say, and you'll find out more. And so with uh, with all of that, I think it would be most appropriate to go ahead and uh, and uh, recite some uh, recent uh, spam. Uh, subject lines that I've seen in my uh, spam folder. So here we go. I got, let's see, I have a simple and safe way to weigh less with hot and new have you ever wanted to impress your girl? Better success wheat stem rust? Fat Blaster is an all-natural herbal formulated thermogenic weight loss supplement from Barrister Richard Stop being obese and unhappy. Charming ladies at, oh my, <laughs> I'm not going to repeat that. Your trader stocking stuffer. So that's what I've gotten today in my spam folder. Whatever you've gotten. You can go ahead and send your, your favorite spam subject lines to blog at cleverhack.com. I always appreciate feedback, and I always appreciate feedback that tell me I'm mostly entertaining. So with that, hope you guys have a great week, and I'll talk to you later. Bye.